Deanna's like, I'm gonna let you go. I don't even know what you're gonna say. Nope. Well, I mean, historically on this podcast, I'm known as the night owl. Okay. Oh. I'm trying to change, you know, like we don't work at night ever. You don't, you don't do nights. I do nights. That's when I write. That's when I edit. That's when I do the things. Okay. And we're trying to turn over a new leaf here because we have, you know, three school drop-offs every morning and I have half marathon training and we just need to like shift. So Rod and I gave ourselves a bedtime of 11 PM (laughs) can usually get good six hours or so that way, which if I get six hours, I can function. I'm, I'm good. It's not enough, but go ahead. <laughs> I want you to go to bed at 10. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'll never be able to watch any TV if I go to bed at 10. You need seven to eight hours. You're yeah. chopping away at the, your lifespan, but go ahead. Jesus. Oh. Oh my. <laughs> I don't know what to say now. Wait till you hear how many I got tonight last night. <laughs> So, you know, we have a multi-generational household mm-hmm. and um, Papa and Mimi live downstairs. And okay, so let me just shift and say last night was just going a little later. I had to work an event last night, so I got home later and Rod goes to the gym at night. So he didn't get home until 11. Mm. So as we talked about in our date night episode, he and I sometimes will just take a quick shower together just to have the conversation time and what have you. So we're in the shower. It's like 1115 and the water stops like, oh crap. You know, it was about, we were done anyway, but so we get out and I'm drying off and he hears a knock on our bedroom door and I hear like raised voices and I'm just like, Oh, what did Katie do now? Well, Turns out that our shower drain poured its wrath out upon Papa and Mimi while they were sleeping. They were flooded from their ceiling. No. Yeah. 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 No. Imagine being woken up that way. That's hard to recover from. Oh, they did great. Shout out to them. They did great. You know, we were down there about an hour just kind of like drying things off and moving mattresses and and getting them settled for the night because she had a stress test scheduled for eight o'clock this morning. I'm like, tell them you passed. You just had your stress test. You're doing great. Uh, <laughs> so I cannot help. imagine. No, it's awful. So are you guys fixing that now or? We have some kind of service plan apparently with someone because this actually something similar happened with the girl shower a couple of years ago. So um, we have a service plan. They're coming out today. I'm kind of hoping maybe we'll just take this opportunity to redo our shower because it, it needs it. There are no ledges or anything in our shower. So makes it hard to like shave your legs and stuff. I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> okay. I think I know what you're saying. Yeah. And it's big. So I would like to turn it into a bathtub, you know, and have, okay. have a tub in the shower. So I digress, but we missed our bedtime last night. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you were already on track because you didn't get in the shower till 11. Right. Right. I was, I was waiting so for my man. We're not going to blame it on the, the leak. Well, the leak would have added an hour. It would have added an hour, but I'm just saying. Yeah. That just happened to be, you know, an extension of your lateness. So next time, just let's revisit why you guys are showering at 11. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying, I'm going to advocate until you guys get eight hours, seven to eight hours of sleep, because that's just what the adult body traditionally needs. But you know what, who am I to say that you can't function? I mean, of course I can function on six. Still don't mean is right. <laughs> no, I'm with I'm with you. And you know, yeah. it's give and take. Sometimes but there's more, sometimes there's I'm not gonna be picky because you're I feel like we're winning because you've made so many wonderful adjustments. I'm not gonna pick at the stuff that I mean, you're running at 5 a.m. What the world? That is amazing, Kelly. It's like I don't even know who I am. Sometimes. I don't either. That's amazing. I'm not gonna run it at 5 a.m. I promise you that. And I like running. Um you guys have a bedtime. You're winning. I'm proud. Proud Thank to be your you. friend. You're Thank doing good. Friend. I won't nitpick on the six hours. 
I appreciate it. I, I would like more. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Well, you know what? Just put that on your little thing to work on. You'll it's, circle back. <laughs> and the, the schedule's still in the state of flux. So, you know. Okay. You'll um, get there. Yeah. Next week, I'll be running at like 9 a.m. when oh, okay. it's um, blazing hot outside. Oh. Because, yeah, because Rod's traveling next week. So shout out to the women whose husbands travel all the time or serve in the military because oh my gosh I've been dreading it for like three weeks it's like sitting in my stomach like a pit I'm actually I'm praying it away I want you to know I'm raising a hallelujah to get rid of the pit (laughs) (laughs) but women you know who have to deal with that all the time and it's a different phenomenon from being a single mom because you know you still have your provider and that's wonderful but you have to like shift the rhythm of your family and um yeah yeah, it just gets, it gets a little, a little complicated. So yeah, uh, I don't have to live it nearly as often as I used to. And I'm very grateful. Yeah. And you guys have a very active family. So I'll be, I'll be, um, what did you say? <laughs> Making room for a hallelujah. What did you say? Raise a hallelujah. I'll raise a couple of hallelujahs <laughs> in prayer. Let's introduce our wonderful guest. Yes, I'm Yay. so excited. Yeah, I, we're, it's always great to have a guest. I'm, I'm excited because it's all three of us because yes. it hasn't all, it's not, it hasn't been as we shift with our school schedules. I've missed you a couple of episodes, so mm. I'm glad to have you Thank on you. the interview, but we have Alicia Michelle of Vibrant Christian Living with us today. Alicia is a Christian life coach. She's also the host of the Vibrant Christian podcast and the creator of the five R's Bible study method. I'm sure she's going to share a little bit more about that in our interview today. But as a life coach, she helps overwhelmed women find balance and peace so that they can discover purpose and God's best plan for their lives. Let's go ahead and hop in this chat with Alicia Michelle Rod. Drop the intro. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Refreshed Life Podcast. I'm Deanna Mason, creator of Refreshed Moms, where I help mompreneurs find the time they need in order to make the money they desire. And I'm Kelly Capriotti Burton, a writer and encourager finding the humor, grace, and happily ever afters in complicated relationships. We've come together and created this space to empower moms and women to be healthy, strong, emotionally well, and successful in their businesses and their families. Oh, that sounds good to me. Grab your favorite coffee mug. We definitely have ours and hang with us. We can promise you diverse perspectives, positive outlooks, and likely a few fun rabbit holes along the way. Here we go, guys. All right, Alicia, it's so great to have you, my former mastermind sister. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it's so great to have you on the podcast. I've already shared, or Kelly and I already shared a little bit about your background and your life coaching and your um, Bible study methods. We've already shared a little bit, but I want to hear from you because our listeners don't want to hear from us, right? (laughs) Can you tell us who you are, a little bit about your family and also the work that you're doing with Vibrant Christian Living? Yes. Okay. So I am Alicia Michelle. I am a life coach for Christian women, specifically in the area of life balance. And I help women create a plan for life balance that works for them. So helping them overcome the obstacles in the mindset specifically that have kept them back and and held them back from becoming this balanced person that we're all trying to be. Um, And so that's the professional side of me. Um, I also have written a couple of Bible studies and a Bible study method that you talked about, the five hours Bible study. And as a mom, I am a mom to four kids and I've been married to my husband now, um, gosh, almost 19 years. That's awesome. We live in Southern California. Um, We have been homeschooling up to this point, but this is the first year for after 13 years of homeschooling that we are adjusting to a non-homeschooling environment. Oh yeah. So we're in a big switch. We actually start on Monday so we're getting used to that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of our life here. We, we live out in the country a little bit more and it's really awesome. We moved out here a couple of years ago, so we enjoy our space and um, the country living out here. But yeah, so that's me. 
Oh, I didn't realize. I must have known this because we talked about the homeschooling thing when we were masterminding how we yes. towards yeah. it. This was kind of something that you and I were both going to be doing this year. This, this switch, we felt God was leading us to just something different. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So we so both we, made the switch? We did. Yeah. yeah. Kelly made the switch like three years ago, didn't she? Oh, wow. <laughs> this is the third school year. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Okay. Wow. So I'm going to shift this question a little bit because now you've been a homeschool mom and you're about to be a regular school mom. Is it, I I guess, assume, yeah. is it public school? Um, yeah. How many schools between your children are you dealing with? Right now, just two. Okay. So I have um, two older boys that are in high school and they go to um, a school where it is, it's still a charter school. Both of them are still charter schools, but um, they go to school four days a week. And then the other ones are going going to go to another school that's also four days a week, but the opposite four days. And they're at opposite ends of our oh. county. You know, okay. just make it easy. <laughs> but yes. my older boy, my oldest son, he drives. So hallelujah, okay. praise the Lord for that. Because that okay. just makes life a whole bunch easier. Because we got sports, you know, all kinds of stuff happening. Um, but yeah, so two schools, two schools technically. Mm. All right. Yay for the driving kids though. Amen. Oh just yes. take a moment and appreciate that. <laughs> I'm like three years away from that. Mm -hmm. It seriously like changed everything. We had um, that older son. He is in sports too. And he was in the tennis team last fall or last spring. And just that first year he was in tennis when I was driving every single practice and every single day to last year, it was just like, oh yeah, I forgot. You're in tennis, right? Oh, I forgot. Mm. (laughs) Not joking, of course, but you know, like I, I didn't have to drive him every day. And so that's been so awesome. That's been so mm. helpful. So based on this huge life change, because it is really huge, you can take us through maybe how your week, your typical work week as a business owner and mom and wife, how is that going to shift for you? I think for the first time, it will become a lot more stable. Um, because you know, before, if you were homeschooling before too, that it's just, you're trying to make sure that you're not only homeschooling your kids, but that you're there, you're present, you're with them. You're not just sitting down and sticking them in front of a device or something, but you're there. And so, um, last, the last few years we've, the kids of the younger boys or the younger children, I have a daughter and a son who are younger. They've been in a program where they were at the school two days a week and then they were home three. So for those three days I was homeschooling. And so now I am just going to have a concrete set time where I will be able to work. And I feel like it will really help me as a businesswoman too, because I will be able to say a lot more firmly, this is my line of when I'm stopping and this is when I'm becoming a mom. And as you guys know, that is one of the biggest struggles we have working from home as moms is because there's just this gray in between where it's like, we got to get stuff done, but we've got kids here and they need this. And I'm just, I'm excited to be able to, like, for example, those children will be home on Fridays and it's, it's more of a project-based school. Mm-hmm. So on Fridays, we're doing a project together. So I'm excited to just say Fridays are off. Like, you know, I may have the occasional call here and there, but for the most part, it's my kid's day. And so I'm just going to be able to be 100% mom those days and then just go hard the other days while they're in school. So I'm excited about those firm lines that'll be coming for me. Those are, those are some of the exact same things that I was excited about. Oh, really? I could clearly see when I could transition from work to being present at home that even though we're still finding our rhythm with both kids being in school, me and Eddie are still kind of figuring out the homework and what time they need to get started and what time they need to be eating and showering. We're still trying to figure out that rhythm because um, one child has been in school for a year and he's kind of got it. You know, he's got his thing. Um, my daughter is now learning mm. um, how to be an in-school child. But what I like is I can say I'm working until 2.30. Yes. And then I'm done. And now right. I know my priority right. is family. It doesn't mean I don't always have a couple of things to knock out in the afternoon work-wise, but I already know that's secondary. Yes. And when I was homeschooling, it was all, I mean, Kelly used to, we would get up and do a podcast episode. And I'm like, I gotta go, gotta get Kindle started. You know, exactly. I had to transition yeah. right into school. And right. I actually just posted on Instagram today about transitioning. 
mm. and transitioning well from one to the other. And that's a struggle because even though I've moved on to working with Kindle and homeschooling, my brain is still thinking mm. about the emails and the, did you post on Instagram yet? And you know, and all that mm. stuff is still happening while I'm trying to be present. And it, it was just, it was a challenge and it's a much cleaner break now. And it's, wow. I'm that's great to it. hear. Yeah. I'm two days away from it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to hear that that's the, that's what you've experienced too. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm anticipating happening, but it's yeah. good to hear that's what's happening. Yeah, that is. Okay. So in your experience, so this conversation is all about how to, un- how to get unstuck. Yeah. Which Mm. The clients that I work with, many times they're coming to me because they feel stuck. Right. And I don't know what the next step is. I don't, you know, so I understand. That yeah. was why, you know, Kelly was like, I love this episode. When your episode mm. number 29 of Vibrant Christian Living, she was like, that, that's what mm. I want to talk about because mm. it's a real thing. So in yeah. your experience working with women, because that episode didn't, you didn't pull that out of, out of thin air. I'm sure you, <laughs> you decided to talk about that because you're seeing this, right? Yes. Why do we women get stuck or feel mm-hmm. stuck? Why is this a thing? Tell, tell me what's, what do you see going on? That's a huge question. I feel that there's so many reasons why we get stuck. Mm-hmm. And um, the biggest reason is of course, happening between our two ears, our brain. We get mm-hmm. stuck there because we don't even, we're afraid to take that first step because there's just so much fear. There's so much guilt. There's so much um, what ifs and sh- I shoulds and all of this stuff that's just rattling around all the time. And so there's there's actually funny, there's a quote that has was in our, our kitchen for many years that my husband put up and it said, um, the richest place is the graveyard because the dreams and ideas of all of these people have just, you know, they've passed away. The, the dreams that have never come to fruition mm-hmm. because we've been too afraid, too scared to all these things. So I think the biggest thing is, is just that we're scared. And we talk ourselves out of it. Um, yeah. A big part of the work that I do with women is around mindset because they get just, they want to move forward, but they're just stuck in these patterns of self-sabotaging thoughts or limiting beliefs. And it's been really exciting to me as I've been, I'm in this training process right now with um, a neuroscientist. She's training coaches to be certified in the message that she's learned in helping people have high levels of success using the neuroscience that she has as a brain scientist. And so I've been utilizing some of those techniques to help women um, literally take the negative thoughts that we have and prune them and replace the positive thoughts, not just from a a feel-good kind of a mindset, but literally using proven brain techniques. That's like, you do this, and then you do this. And it's been so fascinating and freeing for me to learn this because I'm hearing it's like so much of this is not, it's, it's not our fault. It's really, I mean, yes, there's always choice and that's a big part of it, but some of it, we're just fighting our biology of how our brains are set up. Mm-hmm. And so um, my biggest role as a, as a coach is to really help women see, yes, where do you want to go? But what are those underlying issues? The... Um, you know, the motivations, what are the things that are keeping you that are, that are rattling around in your brain that we can work through and get beyond um, and begin to replace with where you really want to be. Mm. Wow. So I know that um, Deanna in taking applications for her mastermind or just coaching clients in general, she comes across moms who say they have trouble just getting motivated. They know what they need to do, but right. getting the motivation to get it going and, um, you know, I work in a running store and I'm kind of there. I'm a new runner, less than a year, but I'm kind of there because of the encouragement and, and coaching that just sort of naturally comes for me. And just last night I was talking to someone who recently just, she lost a lot of weight mm. and we were, we were talking about the mindset Yeah, thing. I naturally go to the certain section in the store to buy clothes and they don't fit me anymore. Mm. Wow. That's amazing. And, uh, I think we're just, you hit it on the head about us just being scared. Like we have this vision of where we want to go and we maybe even know how to get there, have the tools to get there, but that spark of motivation is blocked by fear. And um, so where, let's take it kind of back further. If that lack of motivation is the problem you see with clients, 
where does, where does it start? Cause fear comes in from something. We're not, you know, we're not born that way. Where's the fear come yeah. from? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, that's, it's really, it, I believe it starts with the stories that we're telling ourselves. And so I'm trying to help clients get to the inner, what is the big story that you're really struggling with? Like for me, my story that always comes back to and that I'm still working through is I'm not enough. And that comes just from early imprinting of my own um, way to try to, to manage my, some issues in my own family growing up. And um, the way that that I that she's that this this doctor is training us to to think and the way I'm trying to help clients with this thought is that that thinking helped you back then that was a coping mechanism that was powerful and useful then but it doesn't suit us anymore mm -hmm. and if we want to get to that next place then we're going to have to find a way to work around it and to get through it and so um the brain works in habits and systems. And so like you're saying about automatically going to that part of the store that has your size of clothing because you've been used to shopping that area. That is everything in the brain is trying to do is to try to simplify things down and to keep it streamlined because it's doing so many things at once. And so anytime we try to make change, it absolutely flips out because it's used to going on the same path and just driving the same path. And so if we drive the same path and then veer to the right, so to speak, in the brain, it's like, ah, what are you doing? What are you doing? So it's like that toddler brain flares up and it's like, wait a minute. No, I don't like this. And, and what do you mean? That's scary. And so it's a survival mechanism, but it's something that we have to learn to trick our brain to get around. And that's where the whole concept of, of habits and systems comes in. Because when we can do that for a certain amount of time, we're literally taking those old routes that the brain was taking and we're rewiring them into a new place of where we want to go. Mm -hmm. um, but we have to get, to answer your question, we have to get to the root of that. And um, to continue to give ourselves grace and patience as we go through it, because it's not, it's not a, um, in fact, I was working with a mom the other day. Oh my gosh, it broke my heart. We had been talking about this process, about replacing thoughts and, and, and this techniques to do this and stuff like that. And she's just like, I know, I need to do this. I know, I know, I know. And I said, I could just feel like the heaviness. Mm -hmm. Like she was just sitting there with like this whip on her back. Like, I know, I know, I need to do this. I know. And I said, listen, and I usually am not this straightforward in coaching, but I was like, <laughs> look, I said, let's take the whip away from you. I said, because you're sitting there just beating yourself right now that I can't do this and I'm so dumb. Like, why can't I figure this out? I should know this. I said, we're not here to, take, to whip you more. I said, this is the truth, but we're imperfect and it's going to take time to get there and it's okay. All right. So can we just step away from that and look at it differently? And then it was just like her whole spirit, just like, whew, okay. All right. Good. All right. Yes, you're right. That's what I'm doing to myself. So Okay, let's, let's look at it again. So it was just like, sometimes we get stuck because we're just sitting there going, I know what to do and I can't get there. And I'm just going to keep being mad at myself because I must be too dumb or I must be able not to figure this out. But really it is about reworking these thoughts, but it's doing it in with somebody who can help you know outside of your perspective, who can maybe expand, help you imagine what could be. And then in a community of other women who are also going mm -hmm. through this and who are seeing like, yeah, this is me too. Don't mm -hmm. worry, girl. I got you. Like, <laughs> and just seeing little progress as mm -hmm. we go along. Yeah. Man, um, there's a quote that I love by Gail Shihai and she says, growth demands a temporary surrender of mm -hmm. security. Ooh, yes. yeah. 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 And it's that whole fight or flight thing that we innately yes. have right? That I've heard even like um, teachers on brain priming and things um, along the lines that you're talking about with mindset, how, you know, there was a time where that fight and flight response was necessary right. when we were um, living in more dangerous, you know, around threats like animals and bears and things yes. of that nature. And when we're more, more nomadic and we had different parts of nature and things that we had to know how to get ourselves to safety because exactly. of the way we were living on the land and how that is an innate thing that we that God has put in us mm -hmm. in order to keep us safe. But now that we've, you know, we're now in the living in the time that we're living in now, it doesn't serve us right. the way we're living now. We're mm -hmm. no longer living where those threats 
are even real anymore. Mm-hmm. But we're so used to, we, when we feel the fear, our natural response is to back away, to just not want to feel it anymore. Yes. And when we're talking about, especially, you know, our audience with entrepreneurial women, mm-hmm. when you are scared, that's yeah. when I'm going to say, that means you've got to do it. You got to press into it. You've got to press into it because there's growth there. Yes. Waiting for you. And there's no other way to grow besides surrendering that security in the midst of it. And no, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good at all. I'm in the, when this airs, I'll be probably either starting my early bird registrations or we'll be in a couple weeks for my first live event Mm. um, here in Atlanta. And I don't know why I am nervous about it. I have done <laughs> events before. I've, I've had a conference yeah. with 200 moms and teen girls. I don't know if it's because I wasn't the keynote. You know, I don't know mm. what the reason why that I didn't feel scared like I feel now. Because now it's like it's my event. I'm yeah. the one that's front and center. It's sure. all on me. I'm creating this something out of my own heart, my own expression of how I want to serve and love. Are they going to like it? Are women going to want to come? You know, right. all those things. Yeah. And it's like, no, dang it. I'm going to do it because I know this is something that I am called. I don't like using that word call because I don't necessarily know if it's a call, but I know one of my skill sets is speaking and teaching. Right. And I love to do it with people that I can touch and hug instead yeah. of always virtually. Sure. So I know this needs to be a part of the Refresh Moms experience, but for some reason, there's this nervousness, <laughs> there's this yeah. apprehension and hesitation. And I made myself reach out to an event planner a few weeks ago. And I told her, dang it, I just got to get it started. And I, the, actually, the first thing I did was go make a deposit on the space. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was my... Then you're in. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. like, I don't drop money. I That's put some it. money down. I got to commit now. But I did it just because I was scared. I was like, nope, today I'm dropping money to reserve the space. And, um, but that was like my first step to getting myself out of that you know, hesitation and pushing it back. And maybe I'll do it first quarter of 2020, all of that, you know, maybe the timing's not right. I would just be finished promoting for the mastermind. Maybe I need to wait, you know, all the things. Yeah. And I was like, nope, nope. It's going to be this fall. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. So I love it. That's how we grow. Yeah. Well, I was going to, just to add on to that, a couple of things that you said that, that struck something in me when you were talking about surrender, of course, you and I know that we've talked a lot about surrender this last year in our own mastermind mm-hmm. that we were in. Um, that, that is something that's so much a part of this in moving forward. Um, our mentor, Jada, had talked about imperfect action. Mm-hmm. And I have found so many times that, especially in this entrepreneurial space as we're moving forward, we have to have that tension between surrender and action. And we have to say, especially surrender to God, um, God, I know you're calling me to this. Like you said, you're calling me to teach. I know this is what you want me to do, but I am freaked out right now. And so we could feel that calling and then just stay there, but we have to do both. We have to take the actions forward. Like you said, put the deposit down, announce it on social media, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And we also have to surrender the how of exactly it's going to happen. We mm-hmm. just have to yes. it's happening, but I don't know the exact details. And that's the other thing that a lot of women get stuck around is, well, I don't have this detailed plan of how it's going to happen. Like I want to lose weight and I want to work out, but I don't really know how, and it's really hard. I don't know. So I'm just going to stay here. Well, just try step out, try running like, you know, like you're doing Kelly, or just try yoga, try something. And if it doesn't work, try something else. But taking those first steps and surrendering the, the, all the details of how you're going to get to the destination is key to get Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. This is one of the quotes I love to say. I don't know if I made it up, but I'm going to take credit for it. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) clarity comes with action. Oh yeah. Things don't get clear until you get moving. So true. And that's how you, that's how you see what works and what doesn't. You've got to fail a few times. You've got to have some things that don't succeed. You've got to have things that are hard, that were challenging, that don't feel good to you. You've got to know that in order to know what is successful for you. And also you have to re, I think we need to redefine what failure is. And this, this, there was Mm. a book, 
that I read by Hal Elrod. It's called um, The Miracle Equation. And I was kind of turned off by the title. I'm all miracle equation. Hmm, that's miracles. The Lord does miracles. I don't know about this book. But I read it <laughs> and I would seriously recommend it. It's not a Christian book, but he has some great concepts in there about overcoming mindset, specifically failure. And mm. this man, I won't go into all the things he's had happen to him, but he almost died twice. Just crazy things happened to him. And um, how he has overcome these situations is through this mindset of part of it is the, that failure is, is not bad. No, it's that not. when we fail, we're learning. And if we can, if we can, part of the biggest part of fear is that we're afraid to fail. And if we can remove failure as failure is not an issue. Failure is an opportunity to see, oh, well, that didn't work. Okay, well, let's try this then. All right, that didn't work. Well, let's do it this way. And if we can remove just the scariness of it, then we can take, have much more courage to step into that part. So mm-hmm. if we cannot be afraid to fail, a lot of that fear dissipates. Yeah. And, and, and we can just look at it as, well, I'm going to learn. Like with this thing you're doing, Deanna, you're going to learn. And I'm sure there's going to be bumps that you're going to be like, all right, next time I'm going to do it differently. Mm-hmm. But you will never get that clarity and that movement until you remove the failure aspect and move forward. Mm-hmm. If we can get to the point that we see failure as success. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't have it without, you can't right. have success without failure. Wow. If you see that as part of the component of success, it yes. takes away some of that fear because it's like, I, I can't get successful until I fail. Especially in this space. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I was going to say, because of so many of us were like, we're, so much is as unfamiliar as entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm things are changing all the time. Like, how do we do, how do we do this part of it? How do we do that part of it? And we're stuck by that. So, yeah. Yeah. Just real quick to add um, to the idea of failure, because, you know, we have business and, and you both are kind of in the same lane in business. I work over in writing, creative writing, trying to get published, and then also the running world. And two, two things that are synonymous with failure. One is rejection and the other is comparison. Mm. And um, I was just thinking, Deanna, when you said you were nervous about your event, I am literally nervous every time I send a query to some stranger that I have found on the internet who seems as though it's usually a female, that she is the answer to my publishing dreams she has all the things in the list that I need in an agent or in some cases a publishing house and I'm nervous. And I, I had to finally stop and say, why are you nervous? You've done the work. You know, you have a story that is going to find its audience yeah. and that tension. I love that you said that Alicia, that tension between surrender and, you know, doing the work. Like I have to push the button. I have to send this out, mm. but I'm also trusting and surrendering that God has the place for this story to go. He already has people picked out who are going to benefit from reading it. And yeah, I've got to do my part and do the work but surrendering in the process. And the same goes with running or fitness or whatever it is. Maybe it's parenting. You know, don't look at what the people next to you are doing. They're not on your journey. They don't have your kids. They don't have your schedule. They don't have your story. So comparing just robs you of any success along the way. If, If you have just this very finite idea of what victory is, everything else will feel like mm. a failure. And it's, it's not. The journey is just as important as the outcome. Yes. That's so good. I have an orange theory analogy. <laughs> <laughs> you do orange theory? I do orange theory. I love you it, by do. the way. Wow. Because her kids started. are in school. <laughs> her kids are in school. She can do anything. <laughs> she has wings. I, I know. Super, super fitness woman. Um, it's very very easy to compare your results with like because in orange theory if you know anything about orange theory like they're literally on the screen right they're on the screen they're right next to you on the treadmill oh my gosh yeah sometimes I have to go in there and just close my eyes and row I would I can't look at what they're doing you know it'd be a a woman half my age you know rowing her little tush off right and I'm like (laughs) I cannot go at that speed I cannot push at that speed and I'll have to close my eyes and I'm like, I wonder how many people here know that I'm almost 50. <laughs> yeah. And I'm kicking tail. 
you know, you, ah, yeah, you know, but I'm like, they're 27. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I cannot compare what I'm doing. And I have to remind myself through that class, even though no one is competing that I can see, you know, as a matter of fact, if you're competing against me, you're going to win probably, but nobody's <laughs> competing. It doesn't, you know, nobody's saying anything or being arrogant. Everybody's in there just trying to get their workout in. But yeah. you can literally tell yourself you're not doing enough because somebody else has more splat points than you have, or you know, <laughs> it's just or somebody's able to hold their orange, you know, base longer. Somebody's going at seven on the treadmill instead of my, you know, my my um push is at five. You know, yeah. that's like that's what I can do. I can do five sure. for two minutes, sure. but I can't go any faster than that. You know, and it's like, but that's me. This is my workout. Dang it. Yeah. This is my fitness journey. Nobody else goes home with me. Nobody else has to sleep with my husband. Nobody else has to deal yeah. with these kids. You know, I'm like, yeah. this is me. This yeah. is what I think. Yep. Yeah. I don't know what sleeping with my husband had anything to do with that. <laughs> I was like, hmm. I think <laughs> I, in my mind, I was tying to him seeing my body. I think that's oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't, okay. I'm like, what the world did that come from? Anyway, Stay I think like the he sees what my body actually looks like. Right. I think right. That's right, right, right. <laughs> it's funny. But I think they use that to their advantage in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's what some people really, it, it motivates them to see others and to, they use that comparison. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I would honestly, that probably not be a good fit for me. Cause I would go there and be defeated as I left, even though I did this great workout, I'd be like, but I wasn't at seven and, and she right. was at seven and she had whatever orange theory stuff that you're, I don't even know, I don't know all that stuff, but you know, <laughs> I would, I'm so much of a competitive person that I would be not encouraged by that. That would not encourage me. I would be sad. So I would not be the best person for that, but I can see how some people are like, dang it. Yeah. I'm going to be a seven next time. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it can, it can work in that way too, but it's, it, I really see how you just really cannot get, get into that comparison rut because it's never going to be even, it's never going to be apples to apples ever. Mm -hmm. Um, so now that we've talked about, talked about some of our stuck journeys, can you give us some examples of small changes Mm -hmm. that we can make to unstick ourselves or even maybe some things you've seen your clients do that have helped them move past their stickiness? Okay. So a couple of things I can think of a client recently that, um, she, she and I have been working together for general issues around life balance, but specifically a lot of her issues are around spiritual issues. She has some really big, difficult things that have happened to her in her life and she's still working through them. And she has a lot of questions about God. And so she's trying to move past that. And so I've been helping her kind of get through some of that. And it, I, I just, I see when she talks about these things, it's almost like, it's almost like a, I can't describe it other than like a computer answer. Like you input this information and it always ends up in this result. You input this information always ends up in this result because there has been such this deep patterning of her reinforcing, I don't know if I believe this. I'm not sure what I think. God is not with me, blah, blah, blah. Even though she's had this foundation. Um, and so I'm, working with her and we had a breakthrough the other a couple weeks ago where she just said i just need to be able to trust god i need to i need to be have i need, show himself trustworthy that's what she said mm-hmm. and i said okay and she's has these situations that are difficult that she's going through and i said what if trusting god and seeing him work in your life was you saying i am going to believe that what you're doing is for me and that I'm going to look for you in this situation versus you expecting you to show up in this way. I'm going to say, what if how this is working out, it really is you showing up. Maybe it's not the way that I want, but Mm -hmm. maybe it is him showing up. And she was like, you're right. Wow. So it was this new chance for her to see things differently. Um, but I think that there's little things that we can do all the time. Um, and a lot of times it takes other people who can step outside and say, well, what would have to happen? Because we think, well, that would never happen or I couldn't do that. Well, what would have to change or shift in your life for that to happen? What would have to be different? And 
okay, I know it would never happen in the real world, but, but what chess pieces would have to change in your life, you know, for it to happen? And so starting to ask those questions and, and being imaginative, I think is key. Just like as kids, we can imagine all kinds of stuff. And the thing is, again, with the brain is it, the brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's in our head. So like you're talking about the fight or flight and the fear, it really sees those things as a threat if we have them, those thoughts. If we are imagining things and beginning to, you know, obviously, you know, I'm not saying imagine your future, but we can begin to, if we can step outside a little bit and just imagine and play what could be, a lot of times that can help us move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, it makes me think of when I work with women on around their time management, sometimes mm-hmm. they're coming without, they're like, I don't know how to fit time in for this particular thing, or I don't yeah. know how to get on top of my schedule. And, you know, there's an exercise I, I take um, them through um, to try to forecast their week. And it basically ends up with a, a bird's eye view of their entire week. And yeah. once they have it all in front of them, it's like, okay, we know the, what the result is. You said, this is what you want. You want to be able to work on your business or you want to be able to fit exercise in or whatever those things are. What can change on this schedule? Right. And so, well, if I ask my husband to cook dinner two nights a week. Yeah. Right. Then now I've opened up an hour. Yeah. Okay. So what do you, what needs to happen in order for you to get him to work? I have to have a conversation with my husband and, you know, and it's just, if you just take it to bite-sized chunks Yes. of, okay, what is the, what's one small thing you can do to adjust this in order to fit what you have decided is a priority, Yeah. you know, and you can even take that to something even larger. Like let's say someone wants to, um, you know, buy a beach home. Imagine that. Buy, <laughs> buy a beach home. <laughs> We're thinking of someone specific. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes that seems like, and that's such an overreaching yeah. goal, right? I'll never yeah. live on the beach. How could I ever do that? But it's something I desire to do. And it's like, what is the first, what could be a first step, right? Mm-hmm. And the first step could possibly be, let's talk to a loan officer. Mm-hmm. Let's just see what's possible. Or a first step could be, let's pick a year Mm -hmm. that we are going to shoot for this. Another step could be, let's start saving $300 a month. Just start saving it so we can be prepared. Whatever. It's like, you don't have to take the whole big thing, purchase a home. You don't have to swallow that all at one time. Right. You can back that up to, okay, that's the ultimate goal. But what are all the steps in between? And out of all those steps, what is one small thing you can implement that will yield a a result? And I think that's sometimes what we struggle with is we feel like the problem, it could be a problem with a child. Sure. Behavior issues or whatever, or the child's not doing well or performing well academically. And we think, oh, my child will never pass algebra. Mm. And it's like, well, what is the desire? I want my child to pass algebra okay, what are some things that we can do to help that become a reality? Mm -hmm. Um, I could email the teacher, Mm -hmm. find out how can I support, you know, what are they seeing in class? How can we support them at home? Any tools that you can recommend? It it just breaks down into these little small itty bitty things that all put all together over a series of time will produce the result. So yeah. No, I that's, agree. That's, that's true. And that's exactly, I, it's funny you say that I'm running a challenge as this, as we're, as we're recording here, I'm not doing it. Well, as this comes out live, I won't, but it's, that's, it's exactly that. It's taking one small shift towards life balance, mm-hmm. um, one small thing. And I keep having to tell these um, awesome women who I'm working with, I keep saying, okay, that's great, but let's go even smaller, mm-hmm. like one small thing, or they want to do 15 things. They're like, no, 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 no. This is why we get stuck and we're not moving forward. Like pick one, pick one. And it's mm-hmm. frustrating, of course, because you see all this quote mess in front of you that you want to fix. And that then you're like, that's not going to get solved if you pick it all up at once. So yeah, the one small thing is, is a great tool. Mm-hmm. Forward Love, to. it. Love it. So you have kind of encompassed or touched on several different things, but if you could just pinpoint for us one tip, one small mm-hmm. tip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would give to someone who's just having trouble 
getting started, something new. What is, you know, again, I think you've mentioned a few, but if I came to you and said, Alicia, (laughs) 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 which is probably how I would say it, I don't know how to start. I have, I'll just say I have this book and it's written and it's edited and it's ready. And I know I need to do something with it, but help. What would you say? Well, I think there's two routes. First of all, to say like what you could go the more practical route too, of course, and saying like, like Deanna was saying, you have this project you want to have happen. What is the very, where do you want to go with it? And then what would be the very first tiny step that you could take? So there's that side of it that, you know, we could work with as a coach, but then there's also the mindset side, which is, which I think is more important, honestly, because um, that is where we're like, what is really what's really going on? And so I think as a coach, I would dig deeper and say, mm-hmm. what, what's causing the, the what, what are you feeling around this right now? Maybe even going back further, what, would, what are you feeling? What are you, what's keeping you from pressing play or pressing going forward in that? Um, so if just a general tip, I guess, um, would be when you're feeling in the, these stuck in these areas to really sit down, I like to journal, write it out, say, what, what is really going on? And be really honest with yourself. Don't be afraid of maybe I feel guilty taking the time to start this business or doing this, or um, I just, you know, I don't know how it's going to happen. And, and so I'm, I'm, sometimes we, we throw these roadblocks in and we say things like, I can't do this because, you know, I don't have time when really there are deeper things going on. Mm-hmm. that have nothing to do with not finding time, but we're afraid. Like, it's kind of like that phenomenon of, you know, you have a big project to do and you're working on, like, I'm working on some stuff right now and I've been dealing with this this all week. Like, oh, well, you know, I should just go check my Instagram because um, that person was supposed to DM me back. And, you know, you just think of all these easier things to get done that's, you know, again, self-sabotaging, but we're like, dang it, no, I got to work on this project. I got to finish this. So, being real with ourselves about what it could be, about what some of the issues might be, would be the first step, I would say. I love that. And I'm going to put my coach hat on real quick. I would spend some time journaling. I love that suggestion, Alicia, um, because that's, I, I redirect my, my clients to pen and paper all the time. Um, Kelly, for you, um, I would suggest journaling around the publishing route versus the un- the self-publishing, the traditional mm-hmm. publishing route versus the self-publishing route and find out what are your feelings around both of them? Mm-hmm. Um, what are your beliefs around both of them? Yeah. Um, because Writing if, this down. I, I want you to know that this is not in the control of the publisher or the agent the story that you are telling and that you know needs to be told and needs to be in front of other readers is not subject to the approval right. of an agent or a publisher. But I am sensing there are some limiting beliefs in your head around the route to publish and pay attention to the doors. Doesn't ever mean you don't tr- publish traditionally if because I know that's a desire for you that does that's not what it means but it may mean that for book number two it may you may be hesitating on the self-publishing not realizing that the self-publishing is what's going to open the door to the Mm. traditional publishing for the next for the sequel Mm. I mean these are just things that I you journal around because these are your thoughts your beliefs yeah um and see if you can kind of process through them so you can kind of see what is really the the movie reel mm-hmm. that's planning in your head yeah around that I love that mm-hmm. and um only you can do that work yeah <laughs> we can suggest things all day long but you've got to figure out what how you're really feeling about these so you can uncover the truth yeah because some of these things are that you're going to write are probably not truth you know you are in control of this and put it back in your court. I receive that. I yes. Receive- <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for this book. All right. So as we close, Alicia, can you share with us how someone can start 
working with you. I do know that you have a trademark 5R Bible study, Bible study mm-hmm. that um, you work with women around. Can you let us know what the five R's are? Okay. And then let us know how someone can start working with you. Sure. Absolutely. Thanks. Um, so I have the five R's Bible study method. You can find out more about that at five R's Bible study.com. And there are several studies that are written around that um, two specific ones called, well, it's around joy and one around love. And they deal with the big questions that we have that keep us from really understanding God's love and, and how, does he, you know, we, we can say, oh, I know God loves me, but why is it that we don't receive it fully? So those, th- that study helps with that. And then the joy one also helps with understanding how we can really live in joy and walk in joy by asking those big questions. But they all use the five hours Bible study method, which um, is a method I created about 12 years ago now to help my kids understand the Bible step by step, how to study mm-hmm. it, um, take any verse and walk them through the five R's to read the verse, rewrite the verse, restate the verse, relate the verse and respond. So you're taking um, a a verse and it's not just going over your head, but you're actually absorbing it, understanding it, applying it, and then saying, now that I know this truth, what am I going to do with it today? How's it going to affect my life today? So I really wanted that. I, I had seen something maybe sort of out there for kids or for in general for study, but it felt like it used all these big Bible you know, theology words. And I'm like, how am I supposed to teach my kid about, I don't even know what some of the words were, you know, (laughs) but it's just like, this is what we're doing. And so, um, that has grown and, um, and yeah, you can go there and get, um, you can get samples of the studies for free the first week, or you can also just learn about the five hours there. Um, and then in terms of coaching, um, you can find out more about my coaching at vibrantchristianliving.com. And, um, I do group coaching programs. I am starting a group coaching session in September and we may be hopefully doing that again, beginning of next year. Um, And you can also listen to the podcast, which is vibrant Christian living. And you can find me on Instagram at at vibrant Christian living. So yeah, that's me. Awesome. Alicia, it's been a joy. Absolutely. Thank you. I've had so much fun. I loved it. It was so rich. I love when our conversations get really rich and deep. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your expertise and your um, heart to serve with our uh, Mm. Refresh Moms listeners. Thank you all for joining us today. And remember to stay refreshed. Mm. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Alicia. Thank you for listening to the Refreshed Life podcast. If you heard anything that encouraged, inspired, or served you in any way, please take a moment to leave a review and a rating in order to help us share our message with other women just like you. You can find Kelly and me on our socials at Kell of a Story and Refreshed Moms. If you're looking for simple tips to make working from home with your kids easier to manage, go grab my top 10 productivity hacks for moms at refreshmoms.com forward slash top 10 hacks. Let's connect again soon. All right. Bye for now.